Welcome to TVN's Praise Podcast, hosted by Matt and Lori Crouch, where you will hear interviews with some of your favorite Bible teachers, pastors, authors, and Christian leaders. On today's episode, Matt and Lori Crouch host New York Times bestselling author and international speaker, Christine Kane. Be encouraged as she shares that with God, you can overcome any storm. Welcome to Southern Colorado. I am in paradise. You could convince me. You know, I've always been an ocean girl, but the mountains, you've sold me. You know, Matt and Laurie, I look at it and I love the Bible. And of course, you know, we can stop and think maybe we've never been through a COVID before, of course, in our lifetime. But it's not that nothing has ever happened like this before in that there have always been trials. There have always been tribulations. In fact, there's a story. So many of us are familiar with it where Paul is going from um, he's been in prison for two years and he finally gets to go to Rome. He's wanted to go to Rome because if he goes to Rome, he knows he's going to stand before Caesar and the gospel is going to go out throughout the world. So you think this is Rome, the epicenter of the Roman Empire. This is the big gospel message. It's the preaching of the gospel that's going to take the gospel around the world. I mean, it's exciting for for a preacher. I mean, for an evangelist, you're going to get the word out. So he gets on a ship as a prisoner, but he's still not murmuring because... You know what? You just said that Paul was in prison and then this whole story started. Most people think they're in prison now. Yes, you're right. A lot of people feel like I'm so in prison. So we're identifying immediately, <laughs> immediately with your story here, Chris, is what I'm, you I know, am, but you Paul know, was in prison, Paul, now he's, okay. And a lot of us feel, uh, yeah, oh, just let me jump in there too, that we don't get to choose prisons often, like a lot of us, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, we were all shut down for different varying periods of time. And many of us felt, like we're in prison. But you get to choose the kind of prisoner you want to be. And I, I just texted this to my friend. I don't, I'm not sure she appreciates it right now, but but she will get there and, uh, too soon. <laughs> but in the book of Zechariah, you know, the and um, can I just say, Matt and Laurie, we've got uh, 22 A21 officers in 18 countries. So it locked everyone down at different degrees. But on the very first global Zoom meeting we had in March, when it all shut down, it was this scripture that I pulled out to our team. I said, in Zechariah, it says that we um, return to your stronghold, so to Jesus, you prisoners of hope. I said, we cannot choose the kind of prisoners, we, uh, the fact that we're all in prison right now, metaphorically speaking, but we get to choose the kind of prisoner we're going to be. And we are not going to be a prisoner of despair. We're not going to be a prisoner of loss or grief or anger or bitterness. We're going to be prisoners of hope. You realize that a big chunk of the Bible wouldn't even exist if Paul would have decided that he was going to exactly. pout in exactly. prison. You there know, you go. Exactly. You know. Imagine there would be no Philippians. It would be Paul pouting in prison, forgot to write a letter. And so, you know, I just think how many, I like that, Paul pouting, I'm going to write a sermon on that. Uh, Paul pouting in prison. But the thing is, and then it says straight after that in Zechariah, um, and I will restore to you double. The Lord promised them while they were prisoners of hope in exile, like a lot of us have felt in exile. And I said to all our team, I don't know how the Lord's going to do it. I said, but the same God that was with the children of Israel in Babylonian exile is with us during coronavirus. And I said, I don't know how, remember that meeting? I said, so I want everyone to write, we couldn't go to offices. So in your home, you're going to write double, double everywhere. And everywhere we go, we're going to believe for double prosecutions, double people rescued, double. I go, I don't know how it's going to happen. And we are here by the grace of God. And I can tell you, we are, our trajectory is right that way because we made a decision that we weren't going to be like the children of Israel and murmur, grumble and complain. They should have all gone into the promised land. 
There was no reason not to. Uh, yes, it was hard and difficult. And it's the same with all of us. There is no reason not to inherit whatever promise the Lord's given us just because it's not happening like us. But let me get back to Acts 27. You know, Paul never planned to be, he was bringing an offering um, back from uh, the different churches to the church in Jerusalem that was struggling. Out of all of that, an uproar happens. Paul gets put in prison. He says, I want to go before Caesar. I'm going to go to Rome. And so that now they finally put him on a ship. So he gets on a ship. So I'm thinking Mediterranean, you know, I'm Greek. We're on a yacht. We're going to go to Santorini, to Mykonos, to Positano, to Portofino. No, 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 no. Go to Acts 27. I mean, Paul all the way through here. Uh, starts saying, okay, we started to go and the winds were against us. The minute he gets on, the winds are against him. So it's not bad enough that you're a prisoner. Now the winds are against you. And then he goes with difficulty. If I go right through, like I'll give you some scriptures here for people that are reading because it'll encourage you so much. The scripture goes on and it says, the the winds came against us. After here, um, it says in verse seven, we We sailed slowly for a number of days and arrived with difficulty off Cnidus as the wind did not allow us to go further. And we could go through, through Acts 27, that word, difficult, difficulty, difficulty, dangerous. Um, It's so fascinating as you keep working through this whole chapter. It says everything happened was hard. And he goes through and then he says, um, we come all the way through. And of course, then he talks about the fact that the Northeaster came, which meant it's almost like if you think of the cyclones that were hitting, you know, have hit the coast of America. Um, The Bible goes on to say that we couldn't see, Paul says, since we were violently storm tossed. Um, So Imagine the seasickness. They're being violently storm-tossed. He said, we began to jettison the cargo. So these are cargo ships. So this is your economic, this is all of your money is now being thrown overboard. A lot of people feel that way. People feel like, God, I didn't even ask to be on this ship. I didn't ask for this wind. And now you're telling me I have to throw everything I've worked for overboard. I mean, Paul's going through this. And then the Bible says, um, you know, that this is a very big part. He says, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, no, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was abandoned. A lot of America, I think, feels like this right now, and the whole world in many ways. It's like, God, where's the sun? Where's the stars? Now, remember, this is pre-navigation. So they only, the sun and the stars and the moon was how the ship could see. And here we've got this northeaster. We've got black skies. You can't see the stars. You can't see the sun. I think a lot of people feel like, God, where are you? I can't hear you. I can't see you. It is pitch black. The ship is out of control. I feel nauseous because I feel the wind, the waves. And I think a lot of Christians are finding this confusing because the Lord never said, you're not going to feel the storm. He didn't say, you're not going to feel the wind or the waves. And the whole world, for the first time in my lifetime, I'm talking to 22 officers and we've got one thing in common. We're all in lockdown. We're all shut down. We're all, it didn't matter if it was Bulgaria, the Ukraine, South Africa, Greece. We're all, it's a level playing field. And I'm feeling what they're feeling. And we're all feeling it. But God is still in control because Paul says to them, now typical Paul, men, you should have listened to me. <laughs> Said no woman to her husband ever. But anyway, it's like, <laughs> you'll need to watch better together for that. But we, you know, we will tell you about that. But he goes on. <laughs> He goes on and says, um, but this is what I want someone to hear because this is going to be a word for someone. Paul says, um, 
you should have, you know, uh, listened to me because we wouldn't have incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. I want someone to hear that. Some ships have to be lost, Matt. Some relationships have to be lost. Some friendships have to. There's been a lot of loss, but there are some ships that had to run aground. Our trust became the ship. And God's like, oh, no, 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 you don't need this ship. You don't realize it. But your hope became the ship rather than where you were going. But he goes on and he says this. um, And he says, for this very night, I love this. For this very night, there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. I want someone to hear this because you've got a word. See, what do you do when you're in a storm? Your ship's about to run aground. You can't see. It's pitch black. You're like, God, where are you? I can't see you. I can't hear you. The angel of the Lord said, you must stand before Caesar. What you do in the midst of a storm is you hang on to a word. I don't know what word you might have got, but Nick and I, we pulled out every prophetic word we got from. We met in 1995. I had prophetic words from 1989. Nick had them from 1993. We've got them transcribed, every prophetic word we've ever gotten in our life. We pulled out every single one of them in journals that we've got that were transcribed. We sat our daughters down. I read through every word. I said, I don't know what's going to happen, but I got a word. And the Bible goes on and talks about, you know, on the 14th night had come, we were being driven across the Adriatic Sea. It was getting worse and worse and worse. And then he comes in and this is what some people have to do. Um, What happened was the sailors were coming in and they were measuring, thinking we're going to hit the rocks. And at one point, the Bible says, right down here, it says, and the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship. They had, thanks, they had lowered the ship's boat to the sea under the pretense of laying out anchors to the bow. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. So the ship's coming up now and they've had all of these uh, storms. I mean, the worst northeaster storms. The ship is now about to run aground. We could see the rocks. The ship's going to run. So everyone wants to jump ship to save their lives. I see this happening. And Paul goes, no, no, no. I know this doesn't make sense. But the word of the Lord is you've got to stay on the ship. Don't jump ship. You will be spared. You won't lose a hair on your head if you stay on the ship. And someone needs to hear this. You've like feel so discouraged, so disappointed, so disillusioned that you're like, God, you know what? I'm out. I'm tapping out. I'm going to jump ship. And the word of the Lord to you is don't jump ship. Stay in that marriage. Stay where God has placed you. Stay where God has planted you. The answer is not jumping off the ship, walking away from the purposes of God, walking away from the word of God. Stay on the ship. The destiny hasn't changed. No. The purpose hasn't changed. No. The destiny. So you're going to get there. If you don't jump ship. If you don't jump ship. And you have to see it by faith. Because you can't see the stars now. Well, that's the 2020. Yeah, that's right. You don't have the, the GPS is broken. Everybody's beautiful five-year strategic plan. This is how it's going. Oh, (laughs) oh, no, no. No GPS. Like getting you GPS. No stars, no moon. But we were never meant to rely on that GPS. We were always, uh, we are people of faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. The righteous will live by faith. So I don't know how this is going to work out. I'm loving this. I've been in the faith walk for 30 years and my whole life has always been, I don't know. I don't know. Moses didn't know. He's got a, uh, uh, you know, he's got the Red Sea in front of him, the Egyptian army behind him and a million Israelites going, what are we going to do? And he's like, (laughs) I don't know. I got a stick. I don't know. I don't know. You know, you've got Noah. Noah, what are you doing? I'm building an ark. What's an ark? I don't know. Why are you building it? Because rain's coming. What's rain? Haven't got a clue. Look where we go here. The Bible says, um, 
I love this because he goes, as the day was about to dawn, Paul urged them to take some food, saying, today is the 14th day. You have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food for it will give you strength. Matt and Laurie, some people in this season, you know, they really just need to breathe, mm. eat. Uh, eat like Elijah. Well, you know, the Lord said to the prophet Elijah, look, just have something to eat. Take just take a nap. Yeah. Have some food. Yeah. Stop stressing. You know, you don't need to be. Some people just need, okay, let me look after this. But then he goes on. And when he said these things, he took bread, giving thanks to God in the presence of all. He broke it and began to eat. Another thing we've been doing in this season is saying, I know in the midst of all of this, I'm going to break bread. I'm going to take communion. I know there's a storm. I'm saying this to the world. I'm living in it like all of you. But there's a king that died for me, rose again from the dead. And you know what? I'm going to partake of his body and his, in the midst of the storm, I'm going to give thanks because he's still in control. I've got a word. And then the Bible goes on and it says, you know, there was 276 person people on board. And then of course there's the shipwreck. They get to it. And um, the Bible says that they get there and the striking a reef, they ran the vessel aground. It goes on to all of that. And then this is what I love. Someone needs to hear this. It says um, that people jumped overboard to swim to the land and the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship. And so it was that all were brought safely to land. This is going to be our testimony. I'm laughing because Dr. Luke is writing this. He's there with Paul. And so we're in the book of Acts. It's all action. And he... After this chapter in 27, where we've had storms and shipwrecks, his final word on it is, um, and we were brought safely to land. We're not going to talk about the storm and the shipwreck and the cargo we threw overboard and everything we lost. And we're not going to keep rehashing how traumatic and how yeah. bad and how much. He goes, oh, can we all just stop and have a praise break? We're yeah. still here. Oh. We woke up this morning and we were brought safely to. Somebody needs to take a praise break yeah. and go, I know I've lost a lot. I know there's been challenges, but I'm not going to talk about all of the rest of chapter 27 because I'm at the, we were brought safely to land. Let me just stop and go, I'm here. And then look at the first verse of chapter 28. And after we were brought safely through, so there he is again, we, we were brought safe. He says safely, to they lost the ship. They lost the cargo. Yeah. They almost lost their lives. But in God's economy, in the scripture, I oh know. I brought you safely through. I, I don't know what you, you're still alive and you still got a word and you still got my, a plan and a purpose and you've still got my spirit on the inside of you. You're I don't know what you're complaining about. You're having to see things differently. Very. You're having to use faith rather than your own vision at this point. Well, totally. Yeah. And the Lord's saying, I, I need you to because I think we were so blinded by our own visions that we forgot to see God. If we're going to see the end time harvest, it has to come through faith. It cannot come on our gifts and talents lest we take the credit lest we think we had anything to do with it we had to get I've loved it another thing I said to the team on the first meeting I said I'm fine because see all this that you all see you all see it now the good news is I saw it when it wasn't here so I know how to believe God I, I go so with all this there's no problem I know how to believe God if we lost everything I believe God all over again if um, everything shut down I'd get in the back and I'd start walking and we'd have revival. People would be healed. I'd go knocking on doors, praying for, I'll find a way and I will see signs, wonders and miracles because I know the God of miracles. I said, the challenge with you, and you know, we have a whole, a, a hundreds of millennials working for us. I said, um, you, you know my faith, but I need you to know your faith. We need a generation to know. We hope you're enjoying the Praise Podcast. We'll get back to the interview soon. 
Paul gets here. This is what I love. He's brought safely through. He begins to build a fire with everybody else. You've got to build a big fire for two. I mean, this is just four of us here. Imagine a fire for 276 people, 276 cold men. And I love this because the Bible says this. It says um, the, the people showed us unusual kindness for they kindled a fire and welcomed us um, because it had begun to rain and it was cold. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. When the native people saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer. Okay. So they build this fire. This is just cracks me up. Yeah. Let me get you a piece of wood here. So Uh, so you can see this. Yeah, this is great. Okay. So here's a piece of wood for you. Yes. You need, you need the, so he's doing the wood. He's building this. This is great. He's putting it on. And as he's putting it on, let me, I'll jump on and then jump off. So I hope you get me here. He's got the wood there. And because of the heat, now the, the commentators think that the viper, the, the, where it was on this island in Malta, they said that the heat, because the wood was wet, the heat, the vipers would jump out. That's what happens um, on this island of Malta. And so as Paul's doing this, um, and I want you to know that as the heat, the ambers of revival Someone needs to hear this because that's what's happening. If we've got to walk by faith and not by sight, there's revival fires burning. And every time that starts to heat up, you start getting full of the Holy Ghost. You start pressing into God. You start wanting more of the presence of God. You're getting hot, which a lot of us have gone back to our prayer closets. We've gotten the Lord again and we're like, okay, get rid of the fluff. I I, I need the Holy Ghost. Okay, so we're speaking in tongues again, even if we didn't believe in it. We're we're all, everyone, people that were cessationists have suddenly become like, you know, it's like we're all doing this because we need the Holy Ghost. That fire starts, do not be deceived. The enemy will always jump out. And by, so what happened is the viper comes out, attaches himself, the Bible says, to Paul. So here's the deal. Couldn't take you out with the storm. Couldn't take you out with the shipwreck. So what if since I couldn't take you out from the outside in, I'm going to put some venom on the inside out to try my to goodness. take you out from your heart. You get a choice. Is that venom going to get into my heart, poison me, That take that, which is what the enemy wants? Um, or am I going to do what the Bible says that Paul shook it off <laughs> before Taylor Swift? There was the apostle Paul. Some of us, <laughs> right? There was, that's it. You know, Taylor was not the first one to shake it off. What Paul, the Bible says that Paul shook the viper off into the fire. He didn't shake it off to try to poison everyone else. You know, if it was in today's language, he didn't shake it off on social media. He didn't shake it off to his mother-in-law on the telephone or to his friend. No, no, no. He shook it into the fire. And that's where some of us need to shake off some of this unforgiveness and bitterness and offense and anger and hatred and lust and greed and envy. It needs to go into the fire to burn and not out there to poison everybody else. And so that he shakes it off. Now, these guys, they had thought he was a murderer with a snake. Next couple of verses, they think he's a god. Uh, that is yeah. the crowd. That, that, I mean, I just like, I'm reading this in the text. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This, if I had to live for the applause of the crowd, one day I'm a god, the next day I'm a murderer. Like, it's just like you, this is why you can't get your esteem from how many likes you get on social media or how many favorites or how many shares. You have to get in the word and know what God has said about yes. you. This, this is where we have to get it. Yeah. Okay, first of all, you got us all fired up uh, in regard to 
this word that you're talking about, Christine, is about faith. I, I would say we're just getting back to who we're supposed to be. Uh, we're supposed to be a people that see by faith. And I think a lot of the times, you know, as we're talking about uh, the toxicity that comes into our heart from the venom bite, it's because the enemy doesn't want us to walk by faith. So if he, he can get us up in our feelings yeah. or our normal, our rational mind, mm -hmm. then it, it's the whole thing. Imagine what would have happened with Paul. So here we are. If he gave up in the, when he was a prisoner. So let's go right at the beginning when he was the prisoner. If he gave up when he was on the ship and he felt all the storms like everybody else and he thought we're all going to die. If he then gave up when the ship ran aground. Imagine when he, if he gave up, because that's how a lot of us feel right now. It's like, really, God, I went through all this storm. I went through all this shipwreck. And now a snake bite? Like, are you serious? And I think in the spirit, we're, we're right at that moment. You get to choose. And you really do get it. You might go, but I feel bitten and I'm full of unforgiveness and anger. And there was Yes, 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 yes. It's a real snake. I'm not denying it. The snake of offense, of unforgiveness, of bitterness, of hurt, injustice. It's real. No one's denying the reality of it. But whether this is going to determine your destiny or not is up to you. Wow. You can shake it off. So no one's denying the real and allow the redemptive power of God to come because here is the power. And you go, is there a purpose? Yeah. Yes. Because the Bible says, now in the neighborhood of that place were lands belonging to the chief man of the island. So now God takes him to the chief man, a man named Publius, who received us and entertained us hospitably for three days. It happened that the father, so now you've got the most influential man on the island. The father of Publius lay sick with fever and dysentery. And Paul visited him and prayed and putting his hands on him, he healed him. And when this had taken place, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases also came and were cured. And then it goes on. And I love this right at the end. It says, they also honored us greatly. And when we were about to set sail, they put on board whatever we needed. Everything they had lost and then some. So they went and, and Paul, where did Paul end up? Yeah. In Rome. Rome. In Rome doing exactly what God called His him to do. His destiny was complete. Yep. And he just had a couple of really unexpected things happen that all worked for his good. Yes. And that led to not just his good, but a lot of us, we've been praying for revival and we're missing revival because we're thinking of Rome. I'm saying, don't miss Malta on the way to Rome. God says, oh, Paul, your vision was too small. You had just Rome, but I had a revival waiting in Malta for you. You need to pray that over everybody. And I just, you know, the this is this is really an important uh, uh, thing, and I I I want you to know, Nick and Christine. You know, they're it, even in the middle of this COVID thing. You know, they got to stop here and be a part of this. We love what Nick and Christine do with A21. So. You know what I love, Chris, is you're talking about don't miss what you've been praying for. Yes. So a lot of us have been believing God for things, but we're so caught up now in all this other trash yeah. and all this venom and all this vitriol stuff going on that we're, we might be missing. Absolutely. So what I, we've been praying for. I agree. We've been praying. I, and I'm seeing answers to prayer. I didn't have to say to God, um, this is what the revival has to look like. And this is who you have to uh, bless. I mean, Paul had in his mind the Romans talking to Caesar, the gospel going out. But God said, yes, and, mm -hmm. and. And this is a season of 
Yes, and. And so instead of seeing it as the loss, we don't see Paul at all talk about the loss of cargo or how nauseous and seasick. I mean, we're just getting online talking about how seasick we are and all the things we've lost. And I'm not denying that. But at some point, you've got to start looking forward and, go, and looking around and going, hang on, I'm in Malta. I didn't plan to be in Malta, but I'm alive. And there are people here that need saving, healing, delivering, a, a, a word of encouragement, a prophetic word. I want somebody to know that, you know, that that person that you're frustrated with because you feel like you've been in prison with them. You know what? The Lord's waiting to give you a word of encouragement for that person, perhaps a prophetic word for that person, perhaps to bring healing into their life, to dig deeper into the scripture. This is not a time to go into automatic pilot and waste this whole se- There's a, a revival waiting to happen in Malta. There's no denying the seasickness, the storm. There's no denying the cargo's gone overboard. There's no denying that the ship has run aground. But twice in the text, Paul said the ship must run aground. The ship must. Some of those things that we thought we would live, we couldn't live without. God's showing us that we could live without it because what we needed was Him. He is our very present help in our time of need. He is our all sufficiency. All the, you know, it's in Him. We have every spiritual blessing that we need, everything that we need. It's in Jesus. Jesus is bringing us back to Him. He's saying, you didn't need the ship. You thought your purpose was in the ship. You thought that your provision provision was in the ship. You thought that your answer was in the ship. You had put your hope in the ship and the ship has run aground. But guess what? Jesus is this hope we have as an anchor for our soul, both firm and secure. He hasn't left us. He hasn't forsaken us. He hasn't negated any of His promises. All the promises of God are in Christ Jesus. Yes and amen. So don't miss the revival in Malta because you're frustrated that you're not at Rome yet. You will get to Rome. Paul got on the boat. Everything that he lost, he got. And then he went to Rome. And guess what happened at Rome? It was not a pretty sight. All I'm saying is you're really eager to get to where you think you want to go. It might not be that much better than where you thought. You need to pray and seal this entire word over all of our lives because it has affected everyone watching this broadcast globally, this pandemic. And there's venom inside some of us, Mm -hmm. and we need to shake that off. And you need to seal this word over our lives. Amen. So, Father, I thank you for every person on the other side of the screen. Lord, first and foremost, I thank you that you have seen us safely through, that we are here and we are making a choice to stop looking back at what was lost and how uncomfortable it was and and how bad it was. And, Father, we're going to look around us right now in the Malta that we're in. So, Father, I pray, firstly, those that are considering to jump ship, that they will not jump ship in the name of Jesus, that because they've watched this process, program today, they're going to stay on the ship. They're going to cling to you and hold on to you. Father, I pray that you would give strength to your people to shake off those serpents that are just hanging off. Father, that that um, anger and that bitterness and that offense and that unforgiveness and the hatred, Father, it would be shaken off and it would be broken off people's lives in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, let your peace, let your love, let your joy, Father, let it prevail over your people. And Father, I declare and decree over your people tonight that we shall stand before whatever our Caesar is, whatever our promise is, whatever your word is. Lord, you said you shall and no weapon formed against us shall prosper in Jesus name. Father, in Jesus name.
Thank you for listening to this episode of TBN's Praise Podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, and consider leaving a review. We look forward to having you join us back here next week.